Hey everyone, today we're going to be talking about Hellevorn's character, Asvald, who is from The Slave and the Trolls. But before we begin, I want to give a shout out to a wonderful supporter of mine who is on Patreon, and she has become one of my patrons. It is Endless Midnight Moon, who is the author of Beyond the Gray Skies. I'm going to be sharing the screen so you guys can see her tapas page. So as well as her website, because she has a website showing her characters in her series. So this is her tapas page. And Beyond the Gray Skies is basically kind of a slice of life, not quite historical, but not quite fantasy series, kind of like Guy Gabriel K, if you guys know him, who writes similarly like Endless Midnight Moon in a genre that is a mix of fantasy and history. So it takes place around the 16th century, but it is not 100% historically accurate because it is not really supposed to take place in our world, but in a world similar to ours. So I will read out the summary of her series. The era of revolutions came and stayed in the continent with changes upon every country, regardless of whether they rose to establish a new regime or kept their traditional rule. Anibale enjoyed the fruits the recent changes brought in his country, where most are free to think and to dream of their future, able to hold it in their own hands. He achieved his own dreams and is going on to the next horizon, except he isn't sure about his choices, until he stumbles onto something regarding his family, which he knew so little about. Amaranta returned to Roverina, mostly looking for work as a costumer, hoping to find an undemanding job so she could spend more time making her dreams come true. She accepted a job with a prestigious theater with a huge rise, except she feels suffocated and breaks the one rule she was told. Never look deeper than what she was told. So you can see the tags here. It, is, it counts as historical fantasy, but it's heavily inspired by real history, mystery, drama, intrigue, speculative fiction, coming of age, and alternative history as well. So I really encourage you guys to check it out. It's a great series, great world building, great characters, and link is in the description to the Tapas page. And this is also her website, endlessperiodicals.com, where she talks more about the characters. And there's a list of characters here. So I'll read out some of them. The most important characters are Anibale and Amaranta, and they are brother and sister of the de, Mora, de, de Moreni family. So Anibale de Moreni is 19 and 18 to 19 in the story, and he holds the title Marchese de Stressa, though his, though his occupation is a businessman, but he refers to himself as a capitalist. Amaranta is 17. She is the younger sister of Anibale and the younger twin of Aurelia. Aspiring fashion designer, loves to sew and design clothes. She is later known as Sabine. So Hellevorn has also read this amazing series. And, you know, I think that, you know, I think we both agree that it's really excellently rendered and it really draws us into the world. Um, yes, uh, Beyond the Gray Skies is one of uh, 
the 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 series that I enjoy following on tapas, and uh, I really like the the setting of the story because I think that uh, at least I haven't seen a lot of uh, um, stories set in that century in the uh, beginning of uh, uh, the modern era and uh, uh, of an era of industrialization and the beginnings of capitalism and the, the growth of cities and inspired from Southern Europe. And I really love this. Um, and another thing that I really enjoy is that it presents a relationship between siblings. And this is another thing that we don't see very often. Mm -hmm. I totally agree. You know, unfortunately, a lot of series kind of brush over a lot of family relationships and mostly just focus on parents, maybe, and of course, romance. And it's really great to see more of siblings interacting and having a different kind of relationship than what you usually see in a lot of family situations, I think. A lot of fiction often kind of turns all sibling interactions into rivalry. But here we see something that's more nuanced. Yeah, that's true. So they are either rivals or they are just, you know, confidants, but in a way that it is really taken for granted, you know, so just because we are siblings, we agree on everything each other says, you know, and the, the sibling just appears when the main character needs support or something. But exactly. yet, here the, the relationship is really treated in detail. And I love this. I love this. And also, I really love alternate history. Mm -hmm. I think alternate history really presents us an opportunity to view our history through a different lens. That's a great point. Mm -hmm. And makes us think more about what would happen. And this is why it's labeled speculative history as well, right? Because it's the, it's the kind of fiction that makes us think about what if this happened and why did certain changes and events happen in our own history? Yes, that's very true. Mm-hmm. So yes, guys, please check it out. Links in the description. So moving on to Asvald now. So today we will be talking about Asvald, who is the main character and the antagonist of Slave and the Trolls. And he also makes an appearance in Sons of Disobedience. Yeah, that's true. So uh, with the slave and the trolls, I had to uh, I had the opportunity to discuss one of the characters in my novel *Sons of Disobedience*, which I have spoken very little before, and this is actually the only thing that I've written um, from his perspective. So it was interesting to write and. Well, he's presented as kind of a mysterious character, but in the novel, we will uh, shed more light on his personality. Mm -hmm. Indeed. Yeah. Um, Asvald is someone who is, I think, quite complex, despite how he looks on the surface. On the surface, I think he appears to be a bully, but I think he is more complex than that. Yes, he is, because uh, I have a lot of morally gray characters, and even though Assault is leaning towards the, the dark side of that spectrum, um, well, often he doesn't really want to do, to hurt 
people you know i mean he's he's not a bully with everyone he 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 has affection for some people and well how that turns out it, it remains to be seen mm-hmm. how does he interact with the other characters like Rheinweg, aiden ingvar hakon helgi and lars um so asphalt is uh um, uh, a hunter mainly so this is what what his father is and uh, this is the the capacity in which he serves the Jarl uh, who is uh, Ranveig's uncle so um, Asselt is also uh, a very good fighter and sportsman he is very strong and he takes part in competitions where he amazes people with his feats of strength and he's quite a good warrior. He's 21 in Sons of Disobedience, so he is uh, not all that experienced, but he does go uh, with Ingvar on the raid on the monastery in Northern England, where Aiden is taken from. And uh, he really aspires to move up in the world because he, he thinks he's very good. I mean, he is recognized as very good as a warrior and he wants to be more of that and less of a you know craftsman (laughs) so he wants to be recognized as such so um well i think his most notable relationship is with ranveig in this story because he has a crush on her and their relationship is full of ups and downs um she does like a lot of things about him and she's not a character who is you know very gullible or who just likes every man she meets because she has a lot of suitors and she's very conscious that she is beautiful that she has a good social position and that she uh wants to find a good husband so uh she's not naive in that way but the fact that she sees a lot of qualities in him, well, he does have those qualities, but there is something that sort of holds her back. And of course, if she were to see Aswald in the way that we see him in The Slave and the Trolls, she would realize what that something is, but she doesn't see him in those situations. With her, she is very different. But as it generally happens in situations like these, um, the the more uh, you know belligerent and uh, um, aggressive and lacking in empathy someone is on the outside well the, the more he is like this on the inside as well it's not really like in those you know those romance stories where the man is appears to be really aggressive but he's tamed by the woman he loves that doesn't really happen in real life not when someone is aggressive to the extent that Oswald is so mm. This is what I can say about uh, their relationship and his interactions with with Ranveig. Mm-hmm. How about Hakon, Helgi, and Lars? Mm, yeah, Aswald likes these people. I mean, Hakon, he finds him as sort of naive. And um, as the story progresses and Aswald becomes more 
self-confident or rather more assertive. Um, he has moments when he kind of disrespects authority and this authority <laughs> consists of Hakon and Ingvar. So with Hakon, he sort of takes him for granted sometimes um, because Hakon is that kind of person who is, you know, very chummy with everyone and who doesn't really act as the boss. Uh, Ingvar does act as the boss, so Asol doesn't really dare to contradict him, but he kind of dislikes the way in which Ingvar um, doesn't recognize what he believes is his fantastic prowess. So, Ingvar, there, there are some things Ingvar doesn't like about Oswald, and Oswald doesn't want to understand what those things are. So that, that creates a bit of a resentment. But generally, he really respects these two men as great warriors. So Hakon and Ingvar. As for Helgi and Lars, um, they're sort of friends because they have similar ages. Helgi and Lars are 19-ish at this point. So they grew up together, they go to sports competitions together, they sometimes compete against each other, and they're all good at what they do. I mean, Helgi and Lars aren't, aren't bad either, but Oswald thinks he is so much better than them. But other than that, those are two people he doesn't bully, because he kind of bullies certain people, but Helgi and Lars, he mainly just leaves them alone. Mm -hmm. So in, in Asphalt's book, that means they're friends. <laughs> so he bullies Aiden, right? Oh yes, definitely, definitely. And this is in part because uh, of Asphalt's view on Christianity, that he never really knew any Christians, but he just heard that, okay, Christianity is something pretty bad. So when Oswald, when Aiden, sorry, comes there, um, of course, he, uh, he has a lot of preconceptions about him. And, uh, well, he knows Olaf Dreyfusson, the king, who imposes Christianity on people. He knows him to be a really uh, aggressive person and very grandiose, who, who just punishes everyone who stands in his way. And then he meets Aiden, who's a Christian and who's kind of arrogant, doesn't respect <laughs> people who are, who have a higher social status than him, because of course, Aiden was a Lord's son in England, and now he doesn't want to accept the fact that he's a slave and would not accept a superior, someone like Asphalt, who is, well, illiterate, uh, when, where Aiden is a, a scholar in the making. So, um, and also, uh, he is a slave to Aranveik that Asphalt fancies. And, uh, well, it, we often see in sagas things like, you know, masters uh, getting uh, involved with their slaves in one way or another, and uh, also female masters, you know, having a, a handsome slave and... Um, having affairs with them. So maybe Oswald, who is a very jealous and possessive man, uh, he makes all sorts of ideas about Ranveig and Oswald and Aiden. So uh, yeah, these are a few reasons why Oswald doesn't let uh, opportunities escape when it comes to bullying Aiden. Mm -hmm. That makes sense because he's such a possessive person. Yeah, yeah, very much.
Mm-hmm. Would you call Asphalt psychopathic? Yeah, that's a good question because um, I, I, I would generally refrain from uh, from imposing modern uh, views on uh, you know personality and uh, uh, mental <laughs> disorder traits on my characters because they are medieval. But yes, I think Asphalt comes the closest to that, and I think that I have a few characters who have. Uh, traits of, uh, you know, narcissism, uh, well, we can name Ingvar here, definitely, and uh, what we would call nowadays antisocial personality disorder, mainly because uh, in the Middle Ages, uh, the laws were more relaxed when it came to violence, the male ideal was, uh, was an ideal that really glorified violence, and um, so I think that it is unavoidable that they have uh, behaviors that are considered nowadays antisocial, right? Because nowadays, whenever you harm yourself or someone, you can be, you know, um, seen as having some kind of disorder. At, at that time, these things are quite normalized. So yeah, I think I do have a few characters that would fit into this category. And uh, Oswald is definitely one of them. He is perhaps the, the most, perhaps him and King Olaf Tryggvason, who, who could be turned as such. And um, well, if, if, if we look at the uh, personality traits generally associated with you know, psychopathy, uh, like uh, narcissism and antisocial behavior, then I think that he quite uh, fits. And I've, I've written some of them down. Um, arrogance and self-centeredness. Uh, he's definitely selfish. And we see this selfishness also in the relationship with people that he really cares about, like Ranve sense of entitlement or superiority. Well, yes, Aswell wants to be recognized as superior uh, when it comes to, you know, his physical prowess as, as a warrior, and he wants to be seen as smart because he really is smart if we look at the slave and the trolls and the way he tells the story. So of course, when people do not perceive him as such or do not give him the respect that he wants to receive, then he feels frustrated. When he's frustrated, he reacts aggressively. Mm -hmm. And um, well, his self-esteem appears to be high, but this is usually to mask kind of a low self-esteem. And um, this is quite, uh, this is quite often seen with uh, narcissistic people. And this is why envy often occurs. And he sees uh, criticism as humiliating, you know, because he always wants to be uh, admired and he wants everybody around him to tell him, oh, you're so wonderful. You're, everything you do is fantastic and you deserve so much more than you get. So you should really move up in the world and Ingvar should, uh, should recognize your qualities and give you the respect you deserve, you know? And then of course we have the, the lack of empathy and remorse. And we see a ton of that in the slave of the troll and the slave and the trolls. He, um, I, I'm, 
Well, we don't really see how much he understands of the slave's uh, feelings, but he definitely wants to do him harm. He, he wants to intimidate him. The whole purpose of that story with the trolls that he tells is to intimidate the prisoner as much as possible and to see fear in him, right? Mm-hmm. So, yes, and which leads to the last uh, trait being manipulative and uh, exploiting relationships uh, in order to get what he wants. And uh, not only the you know, relationships with his, with his friends, because he has a few friends who really admire him and who sort of do what he wants because he manipulates them, but also in his relationship with Ranve. Um, he doesn't, I'm, I'm not sure if he does it deliberately, but he just wants to get what he wants, you know, to, to have his way. And he would pretty much do anything to, to get there. So, yes, that, I think that in, in these respects, he could qualify. Oh, and uh, sadism, <laughs> I think that really <laughs> counts. I mean, yeah, his, uh, The Slave and the Trolls is the most sadistic story that I have in this anthology, I promise. Th- this is the worst it goes in terms of sadism. But yes, Aswald is the one who does it. So yeah, <laughs> I think mm-hmm. he can be called psychopathic. Yes, indeed. I think he does have a lot of those traits. And I would say in general, he's a toxic person. Oh, yeah. Yeah, indeed he is. He is. Mm-hmm. And I think it's definitely the arrogance and how he is so... I guess in a way greedy, like he wants all this recognition and he wants Ryan Vig kind of like an item. Like he doesn't see her as a person of her own and he doesn't really respect her opinions. It seems like he's just forcing his ideals onto her. Oh yeah, that's true. That's a great way to describe it. Yes, because he, he does, I mean, from his point of view, he respects her and he really loves her and he would do a lot of things for her but it's mostly for his you know image of her or or he would want to make her fit the image in his head you know so yeah he, he has kind of a distorted perception of, of reality in this respect which which would be congruent with the lack of empathy right mm-hmm. exactly well, I can't wait to learn more about him once Sons of Disobedience comes out. I think he's a really great foil in many ways to Aiden, since he's like the complete opposite of him in so many respects. And I think even though like, you know, he is an antagonist, he does have some qualities that make him a little bit more gray than the typical quote unquote villain. Mm, I'm, I'm glad he comes off the slide. Yes, this, this is what, what I was aiming with, with this character. And we're going to see a lot of him in Sons of Disobedience, both from uh, Aiden's part of the story and from Ranveig's as well. Mm-hmm. Different sides of him. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you as well. Goodbye. Goodbye.